campaign and you see a, a good group of folks coming out and man, that's encouraging, that's exciting. I just want to take a look at a few scriptures tonight and uh, we'll just go from there. But, you know, it, I'll be honest with you, it used to be, I remember years ago, there was a young fellow that had come from, um, uh, he had he'd been in, uh, actually it was in my youth group years and years ago. And uh, he, uh, I kind of followed him through, uh, Brother Dave knows this guy pretty good, him and his wife, but he went to Maslin Baptist College and as he was in Maslin Baptist College, you know, he was getting fired up for things, getting fired up for the Lord and, and uh, actually Brother Dave and Cheryl, they were his youth directors too and, and um, uh, after I was and so they had to deal with him a lot longer than I did and I feel bad for them. But uh, he ended up going into ministry and I still remember when he was younger, before he ever got married, he came to me one time and he said, he said, listen preacher, he goes, man, he goes, you guys have a reputation for being a soul-winning church. Amen. And he goes, I want to be in a soul-winning church. And uh, at the time, he was living on campus there at the uh, school and things like that. And uh, I ended up um, uh, working it out. It was fine, you know, no problems there. But he was able to come and be a part of our ministry for a number of years. He got married, ultimately left, and started helping in a church and so forth, so on. But um, I still remember him saying that that's the thing that caused him to want to be a part of our church. It was a soul-winning church. Now, we've had people in the past that have left because it's a soul-winning church. You know, things like, well, we require our teachers, to, our teachers, not our helpers, but our teachers to go soul-winning. That's a requirement. Okay, we, we expect those that are on the platform singing specials to be outdoor knocking. I feel like, you know, if, if you, you, you know, you're going to take a position of visible leadership or influence, then we want to make sure your heart is in the right vein, the right direction. I don't want anybody singing a special up here that doesn't have a burden for souls. I don't want somebody teaching your children or mine that doesn't have a burden for souls. You know, well, on Sundays, I'll, be, I'll have a burden, but then I don't care about them the rest of the week. Well, that's a concern that I have. Now, I'm not saying that's always the case. But I'm going to tell you what, I feel like if you're a soul winning church, then there has to be some a, a reason that you have to get there somehow. Then, then the whole ministry must be focused around soul winning then. You, you, you know, and someone says, well, yeah, but there's a lot of other things to do in a church than just soul win. I know, but there's a lot of good reasons why a church ought to be a soul winning church. I mean, we know what the Bible says, right? And we might read about it here in just a few moments. But it seems to me that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And this is his church, we're his bride. You would think that if we're to be more like Christ, we ought to be more like wanting to see other people come to him. Amen. And uh, that's important. And so as a ministry and as a church, we don't want to lose sight of what our, our real goals are and purposes are. I mean, yeah, we want to encourage people. We want to exhort people. We want to instruct people. We want to inspire people for the things of Christ. No doubt about that. We want to see people baptized and we want to see them discipled and growing in the Lord and serving Jesus Christ. All of those things are true, but it begins with souls. And we don't want to lose sight of that. And so we see here in the book of Acts, and this is nothing new, but I thought in light of our, our promotion, I just thought this, this evening when I heard that song, let's talk a little bit about what we do and why we do it. I was going to continue to talk about that old 
Slewfoot, the devil, but I thought, why give him any airtime tonight? Let's just talk about what God's been doing around here. We saw 10 souls saved last week. I don't know about you, but that's a pretty good, pretty good thing for a church to see people getting saved. And I'm not happy about just the fact that they got saved. To be frank with you, we need to be a little bit more concerned about people getting discipled than we are just about being saved. Yeah, getting saved is important, but if our focus is only leading people to Christ, we'll never see them grow like Jesus intended, and we'll never see them reaching others the way He wants. So we've got to understand that, yes, getting them saved is good, but that can't be our real goal. Our real goal needs to be to see them growing in Christ Jesus. And if, we're wanting, if our goal is to see people growing in Christ, then they have to get saved first, right? So that means that salvation becomes a great part of that whole process. And we can't see anybody growing in the Lord till they're in Christ. So I want people to get saved, but I fear sometimes that you and I may lose sight of what's next. We see the soul, and, and that's important, but what if the soul never grows? What if the soul never gets plugged into a local church? What if the soul never finds its way into Christ's likeness? What about their children? What about their grandchildren? What about the next generation and the legacy that they'll not leave for Christ? And so again, we want to see people saved, but that is not the ultimate goal, although it is the first one. we got to get them saved or they can't grow. No, we see that in the book of Acts, don't we? Over here in Acts chapter 1, right off the bat we begin, and the Bible says, the former treaties, verse 1, have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that he thought, uh, 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 he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Verse 3, to whom also he shewed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. So after his death, after he gave himself on behalf of mankind, the Bible says that he showed himself alive, after, uh, showed himself alive with many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. It's interesting because prior to the Holy Ghost coming, the Lord Jesus Christ tells them, you remain in Jerusalem. Go nowhere, do nothing until the Holy Spirit falls and comes upon you and empowers you for the work of God. And then it would be just shortly after that he's saying, oh, by the way, in verse, we're going to see it here in just a moment, go into all the world. Get out of Jerusalem. And by chapter 8, he's sending persecution to get them out of there. But here he's telling them, don't go anywhere till the Holy Spirit comes upon you, till he comes. Notice, not many days hence, verse 5, verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. Okay, is it time? Is it time for you to establish your kingdom? Is it time for you to set on the throne? Is it time for you to elevate Jerusalem again and the Jewish people above the Romans and above all other Gentile authorities? Is it that time? We've read about it in the Old Testament. We've heard about it on Mama's knee. And now we're wondering, is it time? And Jesus says, ah, don't worry your little heads about that. I'll let you know. When it's time, you'll know. But in verse 8, 
but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost part of the earth. When he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing into heaven? The same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Well, when we see Christ return at the revelation of Jesus Christ, we'll see him coming in a cloud. We'll meet him in the air, but the Jew will see him descending in a cloud. And he says here in verse 8, don't worry about the kingdom yet. Don't worry about sitting on the throne with me. Don't worry about Israel and Jerusalem being elevated and lifted up yet, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now, this is important because, once again, what is the emphasis here amongst God's people? He says, ye shall be witnesses unto me. Shall be witnesses unto me. And isn't that really the responsibility of every believer to be a witness unto Jesus Christ? I'm always excited. I talk to folks in the crowd from time to time, and, and I run into certain people at certain places where they work, and, and uh, they're telling me about folks they're getting to pray with and share with and talk about Jesus with. And I get excited about that. Why? Because, because being a soul winner is not just Tuesday night. Being a soul winner is just not Saturday. Being a soul winner is just not Sunday afternoon or Thursday night during our program. Being a soul winner is just having a heart for Jesus Christ and sharing Him with others. And they're being witnesses. And being a witness is so important. And we talk about our church and someone says, well, why do we require those things of teachers? And why do we make our, our musicians do this? And why do we make you know, our, 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 our uh, teachers, our, our singers, I should say, our special singers doing those certain things? And why does a trustee have to be out knocking doors? And how come this has to happen and that has to happen? And Why is that such a big deal? We'd get a lot more people to serve around here if they didn't have to commit to that. I don't know, because I guess, what's the point of having a church if we're not doing what God called us to do? Hey, what's the difference? Why don't we just knock the church off the end of it and call it community and just ask people to come on in, let's have some fellowship, little social club, run some activities. Maybe we can get a rock group up here and we can have a good time. We'll grow a crowd and we'll have a lot of people, but my friend, let me tell you something. It's not about having a good time. It's not just about having some fellowship and social time together. Listen, if you're a Sunday school teacher or you're an adult Bible class leader and you're having activities, you get Jesus Christ in there somehow. It's not just about a good time. It's about having those people in that class inviting some lost people to the outing so they get to know some Christians and then introducing Christ to them. It's not just so you can have your little click and run around the church and have a good time. That's not what the church is all about. The church is about building people up to reach the world with the gospel. And that's exactly what Jesus is telling these guys. He says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. 
That's what you need to be thinking about because ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and unto the othermost part of the earth. When they got a little bit too self-absorbed, when they started thinking too much about themselves and the ministry abound around them, when they started thinking about everything inside the walls and even some outside the walls and they were growing as a church but they weren't going as a church, Jesus said that's not good enough. Yeah, but we've got thousands that have come to Christ. No, you've got to not just be growing, you've got to be going. You've got to be going. So let me send a little persecution. Let me make you a little uncomfortable so that you'll get out there and do exactly what I've asked you to do. And so he sent persecution in chapter 7 and 8. And then by chapter 9, we see Philip over there with those Samaritans, those half-Jew and half-Assyrians. Uh, half and we see that, that group there, the, the Assyrians now. The, and, and I mean the... the, the um, Samaritans, thank you. Whew. And so there he is ministering to the Samaritans. And before we know it, the Apostle Paul's, uh, Peter's go, reaching out to Cornelius in chapter 10. And now the Gentiles are involved in salvation and, and they rec Jews recognize them as being able to be saved because the Holy Spirit's coming upon them even as, they, as, as, as they, it did the Jew. And, and then all of a sudden the Apostle Paul and Barnabas are going out and reaching the world with the gospel. Let me tell you, that was what it was about. You take away outreach, you take away evangelism, you take away soul winning as we would call it. There is no church today. Look if you would in Matthew. You know these verses. Matthew chapter 28. This is interesting. Look at verse 16 in Matthew chapter 28. It says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. Verse 17. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And there's always going to be some that doubt, right? Isn't that crazy? Even back then, you know? Some that doubted. Now, again... They worshipped him. It's interesting in the Bible, when you see that element of worship, you know what you're seeing? Let me demonstrate worship. Here it is. Let me, let me demonstrate it. Because this is worship, all right? Biblically, from what I can tell in the Bible, let me show you what worship is. That's worship. Getting on your knees and bowing before the Master. That's worship. We got all kind of idea what worship is today. But if you see in the New Testament, you look at that word worship, you see how it's used around the Lord Jesus. It's somebody that's coming and he worshiped him. Man, that's important, by the way. Because we're making, we redefine terms all the time in our country and in our, our churches. And let me tell you something, until we humble ourselves before Jesus Christ, we have never, ever even begun to worship. I don't care how much we give to God and how much we do for God, we have not started worshiping till we humble ourselves. You give somebody, you, you provide 
a humble servant to G of Jesus Christ, there is nothing below them. Nothing below them. They'll do anything with a good spirit. But people will take advantage of someone like that. They don't care. They're humble. They're like Jesus. He was taken advantage of. It's funny that when we humble ourselves before the Lord, it's a lot easier to humble ourselves before people. Isn't it funny how people say, I humble myself before the Lord, but I just won't humble myself before man? Isn't it funny how people are like that? They'll say stuff like that. That's stupid stuff, by the way. That's not even true. If you're not humble before God, you will not humble before man. Or, I mean, if you're not humble before man, you haven't humbled before God. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, yes, you can. No, you can't. No, because when you humble yourself before the Lord, then you will be humble before mankind too. I wouldn't let another man tell me what to do for nothing. Well, then you don't let God tell you what to do either. I guarantee you that. Oh, oh well, you'll let him tell you what you want him to tell you, but you're not going to let him tell you anything to do because that's your prerogative. You're your own God. And that's how it goes. Preacher, you're the best because you really tell it like it is. Thank you for being so honest with us here. We're so thankful. I can feel the love. <laughs> Actually, I do many times, I'll be honest with you. But anyway, thank you for that. But nonetheless, I, oh, you guys, the only ones that were making noise were the ones laughing at me. But anyway, <laughs> notice it says, verse 17, And when they saw him, they worshipped him, and some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen, he says. Man, that's good. Look at Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Verse 14, and after he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and abraded them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, <laughs> because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. It is amazing, isn't it, really, the unbelief of the disciples? We're talking about, in this case, even the disciples that traveled with him for three years. Though, you know, the very disciples that he reminded that he would go to Jerusalem and die, but in the third day he'd rise again, and they're still struggling. Oh, by the way, we saw him on the road to Emmaus. It's amazing. Jesus is alive. He's alive. Yeah, right. Right? I mean, you're thinking, he already told him he's going to rise. And we're over here thinking, that's crazy. Why wouldn't they believe? And I wonder how many times he says, that's crazy. Why won't you believe? To us. But you don't understand, I'm in a sticky situation. It's a rough time. Have you been praying? Oh, yeah. You believe God can do it? Well, sure, I guess if he wants. And the Lord's like, what? Didn't I tell you? Uh, unbelief. I mean, we, we don't, they didn't corner the market on unbelief. Let me tell you that, right? 
You know, we're doing a pretty good job of it sometimes, too. But notice what he goes on to say here. Verse 15, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, it's interesting to me. Verse 14 again. Afterward he appeared unto them, the eleven, as they sat at meat, and abraded them, abraded them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. He shows up and he says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You know what he's saying? I don't care how much you don't believe, believe enough to go. Just go. Here I am, I'm telling you, go. You say, I haven't gotten much of a glimpse of Jesus. Have you gotten any glimpse of Jesus? Because if you have, then go. Well, my faith's not that strong. Go. I'm still struggling with belief. Go. I'm having a hard time with this soul winning. Go. Talking to people about Jesus is really difficult. I know. Go. That's what he's saying, basically. It's an, you don't have to have it all figured out. And you don't have to have every answer. and You don't have to feel strong as an ox, so to speak. You just need to know that I'm alive and I was died, was buried, and rose again. And go, just go, just go. Man, we've got to put so much emphasis on soul winning. Yeah. Yes, we do. We need to put more on it. What's the hope of mankind? What, being kind to them? Just want you to know, we love you. We love you. We love you. And they're like, really? <laughs> That's good. <clears throat> in hell they're burning. Oh, we love them right into hell. It will not be our love that sends them to heaven. It'll be the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, His death, burial, and resurrection. It'll be Him alone that saves their souls. And listen, I'm not opposed to loving people because it's a doorway and it's a gate to their heart where we can ultimately reach them. No doubt there's some people that you have to develop relationships with because they just won't trust you until they believe that you do care. I get all of that, and that's important, but it ought to be with the goal of getting to know them to give them the gospel. That's why I'm excited. I'm sorry, but D Diane over there, I'm sorry, I'm just going to bring, I love to talk to Diane, and I know I, I shouldn't bring it, pull her up like this, but I love to talk to her. She works over there at a store locally, and I, I run into her all the time, and let me tell you something. She's always talking to somebody about the Lord. She's always trying to give somebody a, a bit of encouragement, and I love that because it's not just on Sundays or Wednesdays. Man, we are Christians full time. That's good stuff, and I don't mean to embarrass you, but those are the things that we, we need to be a mindset of, of soul winning, a mindset of reaching people. Oh, man, there's love there, no doubt. I have no doubt of that. But, but it, 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 it's like Jesus is here for you. Here's Jesus. Don't you want Jesus? Because he's the answer. And I love that because that's what it's about. It's about him. Yeah, we need to care about people, but we need to share him with them. And it's so awesome to see that. And I know many of you are in places. You go to grocery stores and you're, you're at the gas station and you're, you're just everywhere you go and, and you're passing out tracks and you're trying to tell people about the Lord and you're working at it. And sometimes it gets discouraging, I know. But stay at it. Let's just stay at it. Let's not give up on, let's not give up on people. Let's not give up on God. Let's not give up on ourselves even. 
We can do this with God's help. And one day in heaven, if we'll be faithful in reaching out with the truth and giving Jesus Christ to a world and trying to help them find the Lord, then one day we'll hear, well done. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses. As I close tonight, I just, I, I listen to that and I think to myself, ye shall be witnesses. And I, and I think, what a burden that is sometimes. It feels like such a burden. Or at least we approach it that way in our lives, don't we? We're like, oh, I'm going to be a witness. It's going to be awkward. When he's saying this, though, I don't feel any awkwardness. I don't feel like it's a burden. The way he says it, he makes it sound like it ought to be a blessing. Like it ought to be a privilege. You're going to be a witness. You You have witnessed me firsthand. And I'm going to give you the opportunity and privilege to be a witness. And I'm not going to send you out there alone. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And he's going to empower you to do it. And I'm like, wow. But ye shall receive power for that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Church family, let's stay faithful. Let's not give in or give up on being a witness. It's getting more difficult to confront darkness. But it is easier to shine bright in it. It doesn't take that much difference to be different anymore. Because if you're a little different it seems like you're a million miles apart. But it's dark out there. But keep shining. Just keep shining. Just keep shining and keep shining. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Let's be witnesses. Let's just make that a priority in our daily life. Father, we come to you. We thank you again for this time that we've had uh, gathered around your word. We thank you for the willingness of your people, Lord, to be a witness, as we've seen even throughout this last week and a half or so, as we talk to folks in the church. I see so many in the Sunday school classes that are, have taken tracks out into their, their workplaces and into the, the community. And Lord, I run into people who say, oh, I already got one of those. And Lord, that's exciting. That means that folks are giving it out. And I know sometimes folks aren't out on maybe a Tuesday or a Saturday, but they are out in the community 